The show you love with even more local, local news, news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a wonderful Wednesday afternoon to you here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we get things going midweek. This just crossing our desk here apparently in a covid hearing a pfizer director admits the pfizer vaccine was never tested on preventing transmission apparently get vaccinated for others uh, was either an intentional lie or a misinterpretation uh, apparently uh, this uh, th- this is incredible news if if this is correct and so we'll be uh, we'll be following that again. Uh, apparently, uh, the Pfizer director is admitting the Pfizer vaccine was never tested on preventing transmission. And a little later on today, or perhaps tomorrow, depending upon how many other breaking stories we have to look at today, uh, we'll talk about that that whole issue of how science changes and how the landscape seems to change. And how now in California, Governor Newsom has signed a bill that basically says if doctors don't agree with the narrative that is supported by the state of California, their licenses can be pulled. We live in interesting times, do we not? All the better, all the more important that we make sure we pay attention to the fact we have the opportunity to make our voices known coming up here on November 8. And I don't I don't know about you, but it seems to me almost every day. And maybe I could go out on a limb and say every single day, it just seems to me that the headlines lend more credence to the fact that we need to make our voices known and that begins at the polls. And that means T-minus 27 days to go, believe it or not, until Tuesday, November 8th. 27 days to go. And again, we're doing our best here to provide you with as much information as possible so that you can make an intelligent vote coming up on November 8th. One of the uh, breaking news stories today, and let me just run this by you, A jury has awarded $965 million to the families of eight victims of the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre, if you remember back in uh, 2012, and one of the first first responders. Uh, And this lawsuit, I think, began in 2018, and it was over Alex Jones claiming the event never occurred, uh, claiming that the uh, first responders were quote-unquote, crisis actors. I normally don't comment on other broadcasters, not so much from professional courtesy as I just don't, as as a rule, I don't do that. However, I, I think this is something important to visit today for a couple of reasons. I am, I don't listen to Alex Jones. I read about him. I've heard clips from him. I've never actually listened to one of his shows. But I'm sure all of you are familiar with the fact that for a while he was claiming 
that the whole Sandy Hook shooting was a drama that was being played out, that it wasn't real, etc. So here's my question to you, and I'm going to tell you my feelings on it, and, and we'll be happy to take your calls as well. Do you feel that this is a good decision by the jury to award $965 million to the families of eight victims plus one first responder? And you may say, well, of course it was, Mike. Why would you even ask? Well, number one, I think in terms of ethics and morals, in terms of ethics, ethical issues, and morality for Alex Jones or anyone else to pretend and to put out to the world that that was not real, that the first responders were actors and such, I think that is morally and ethically reprehensible. So why ask the question, Mike? Well, I'm asking the question because... Do you think this is another assault upon freedom of speech? Well, you may say, well, what about uh, Nicholas Sandman and the whole issue with CNN? I mean, he sued some of these, yes, but it was a personal attack upon him. Now, I guess you could say, perhaps, make the case that Alex Jones' claims were personal attacks, although I don't know that he named anyone. Any of the um, any of the family members, I I don't know, but I'm I'm just thinking of this on on two levels: one, ethically and morally, I think what Alex Jones did is reprehensible. My question is, do you think this decision is in line with freedom of speech in the Constitution? I'm wrestling with that a little bit. Again, morally and ethically, no problem. I think it was reprehensible. Constitutionally, eh, I uh, I don't know. Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. This week, we've also been talking about coming up uh, on November 8th, 27 days from now. Do we have faith in the system? Do we believe that our votes will be recorded properly? Do we believe across the nation that there will be an ethical and uh, a moral approach to gathering votes? Or is the system we have in place open to nuances that might adjust the results? Been talking about that as well. Jenna from Sonora has some thoughts about that. Jenna, what about our voting system? What do you think 27 days from now coming up to November 8th? Will it be a righteous election or maybe not? No, to be honest, no. I have no faith in our voting system here in California. How can a man, Gavin Newsom, gruesome, I should say, win an election which we tried to kick him out? We had enough support. And he beat the system. And also, I don't know if a whole lot of people know about this. We have harvest voting in California, which is they made legal. So I have no faith in our system. I'm always going to vote. I will always vote. 
But what do you think, Mike? Because I have absolutely no faith he's going to be around for four more years, and that scares me to death. Yeah, Jenna, I think there are a a couple of things that come into play on this in, in my mind. Number one, and I'm sad to say this, there are a lot of people wandering around here in California who don't listen to anything else but the mainstream media. And they don't know what you and I know. That's scary. Well, no, it is scary. It is scary. I have people in my life that I have talked to who are unaware of some of the things that you and I are aware of. Uh, My wife has talked to people, colleagues, and she has pointed out some of these uh, issues about Gavin Newsom and some of the issues that we're struggling with nationally, and they don't know. They, they just don't know. They're not, they're not considering things like uh, the push to register the homeless to vote. Now, is it legal for the homeless to vote? Yes. Is it legal to in California to do this ballot harvest, harvesting? Yes, but you have to look at what are the motivations for that. I mean, think about it. When you're going out and you're, you're registering the homeless to vote and making sure their votes are cast— how much of a, a righteous vote do you think that is, people that might not otherwise vote? Those people who are going out and gathering those signatures, gathering those ballots and such, have a perspective. And it is saying they're the same thing with the harvesting. So, Jenna, I think, I think we're in a situation where legal things are in place to stack the deck against honesty and integrity, sad to say. I think the only way to overcome that is to turn out in massive numbers and overcome. Uh, and that's that's I, I think that's the the simplest way I, I can I can put it. Jenna, I'll give you the last word on that. Uh, yes, um, I've had relatives that also said, "Hey, I go how how are these people getting away with what they're getting away with? It's unconstitutional what they are doing. We they're putting our freedom in jeopardy." What? Well, how are they getting away with this, Mike? How are they getting away with it? Everything that they, that the Democrats are doing, is illegal and it's unconstitutional. How are they getting away with this, Mike? And that—that's—that's that's my last question. Yeah, a very, very good question, uh, Jenna. And I think, uh, I think, <laughs> I think the answer to that, at least here in California, is you have a supermajority in California, in the governor's office, in the state assembly, and in the state senate, and that cannot be overcome. And we see the Biden administration doing things that are obviously unconstitutional, and yet they don't seem to care because they have the votes uh, to prevent being stopped from doing it. All the more reason in 27 days for us to uh, show up to the polls. I asked a question about uh, Alex Jones. Again, I think morally and ethically, uh, he is uh, the, his narrative about Sandy Hook was reprehensible. My question is, do you think the $965 million award to the families of the eight victims and the one first responder is it aligned with the First Amendment rights to free speech? Let's find out what Barbara from Stockton feels about that. What do you think, Barbara? Well, Mike, I think it wasn't so much. I think it was because 
Can you imagine all of the people who had their children murdered? This is something that they will never get over. And the fact uh, on Alex Jones was the the people got the money. I can't say that you know the amount of the money, but they got the money because of the hurt that they caused to those families who are are grieving. This is something that you will never get over. So this is why I think that uh, they were awarded the money. I I agree with you in terms of the rationale. Uh, My question is still, (laughs) to me, the marketplace of ideas and free speech is not about being correct. It's about the marketplace of ideas. And even if you're wrong, is, is there the right to express an alternate viewpoint? Again, I think the whole thing by Alex Jones was reprehensible, um, I'm what I'm struggling with is whether or not it's a violation of the Constitution or not. All right, we'll talk more about that in uh, just a little bit. Things that I do find valuable, things that I do find full of integrity and honesty are the people I go to when I need good information. And one of those people when it comes to selling a house is Dan Phipps. Mortgage rate increases, you know, they're impacting home sales. Wall Street Journal reporting the home sales are down an average of 20% from this time last year. Well, there's only one agent I would trust with selling my own home during a market slowdown, and that agent is Dan Phipps. Look, if you want to move closer to work, you don't think you can afford it, well, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. His proprietary marketing, uh, his proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers, multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or Dan will sell it for free. His home selling program, as you know, it's designed to maximize your sales price. I like these terms. You're in complete control. No required costly repairs. No long-term contracts. You pick your move date, and Dan can even find you a new home before you move. Now, Kyle and Tammy in Oakdale, they know all about it. They had a long commute. They were tired. No way could they sell their home for enough to afford a decent place closer to work. And they were hoping for a miracle, so they said they called Dan Phipps, and he delivered the miracle. They said, our home sold for a price beyond our expectations, and we have the cash to buy a house closer to work. Thank you, Dan Phipps. Well, absolutely. Call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend, and I would hire him to sell my own home. He is the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours, or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S.com. And we'll get back to the phones, 209-551-3483, in three minutes, right here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the Valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show here on this fine Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley, right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We've been talking about 27 days to go and voting. Are we sure that our votes will count? Is it a system that's stacked against common sense and righteousness and integrity. What do you think? Our phone number 209-551-3483. Let's find out what Melinda from Modesto thinks. Melinda, what's your evaluation of our voting system at the moment? (laughs) 
Thank you. Uh, I, I actually had a response to uh, the conversation with Jenna. She asked a really good question. How is it that the Democrats get away with this? And I want to help her understand and anyone else that's listening. It is not the Democrats that do it. It's the Democrats and Republicans as one doing it. And the way they do it, Jenna, is they hire them. They hire them. Go and go and participate in the system and you can watch it happen in real time. Um, the other thing is I would like to help you uh, with your dilemma. I think it's very clear. The Constitution of the United States provides for the speech of anyone, including Alex Jones. Melinda, I I agree with you on that, and that's what disturbs me about a lot of reactions to this. Again, if if I'm thinking of it in terms of a, a moral and ethical thing, I think it's, again, morally and ethically reprehensible. But if we have free speech, if we believe in the marketplace of ideas, then where's the fine line here when we decide, well, this speech is okay, but this kind of speech is not? I I think we're on thin ice. Obviously, the jury didn't feel that way. I know when you were growing up as me, we always heard it, it, that dividing line was when you screamed, fire, fire, right. and there were hundreds of people in the room, and you entrapped them. That is not what Alex Jones is doing. We need to get this clear in our minds. And I would also, if you don't mind, like to invite everyone listening to please go listen to last night's city council meeting so that they can get a good feel for what is really happening in our government. You're talking about Modesto City Council. Modesto City Council, yes. Uh, 17 of us showed up last night. And um, I've been going to city council meetings uh, since 1979. That's the first time I went and spoke. And in those days, you know, Mike, (laughs) there might be 100 of us showing up because I attended a big church back then called First Baptist that was still faithful. I unfortunately can't say that today. But those people were faithful. And when we went before the city council, they gave us eye contact. They asked us questions. They listened to us. And I want people to see how your city council, Democrats and Republicans, equally respond to us. Melinda, let me let me interrupt you just just for a second, if I could. Uh, Very quick. We've got about a minute left. Can you give us a thumbnail sketch? What was the issue at the city council meeting and and why were you there? Okay, we were actually there to read to our council members um, the fact that the constitutional default in California is being called out by those who represent us. They are no longer representing us. We have a uniparty, and that would be from city council to our county councils into uh, Sacramento, and then on a national level. Mike, they've left the Constitution. Uh, People need to look up and understand that there's a Constitution of the United States of America, and those of us who have raised our hands over the years and took that oath and keep it we we hold that to be sacred really before god these people unfortunately have taken an oath to a constitution that is part of a corporation of the united states 
People need to research, do their homework, and understand that they take a dual constitution. When you're, when you're serving in office, I've done it. You take that dual constitution. And we need to find people that are ethical enough to not be bought off by the party system. And even if they persecute us, as I've been persecuted over the years, we need to stand firm and say, no, my constitution of the United States of America is supreme in my heart, my life, and I'm going to represent those people that I've been asked to represent. These people are not doing that. They are representing themselves and their families and their own pocketbooks. And we need to wake up. All right, Melinda, thank, thank you very much. Appreciate that uh, that clarification. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Coming up, Congressman Richard Pombo in five minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation as we uh, get things going here midweek. Can you believe it's October 12 and a mere 27 days until November 8. Well, to help us analyze what's going on in uh, a variety of different political arenas is someone who has vast experience with all of that. Congressman Richard Pombo with us. As you remember, uh, the congressman served California's uh, 11th district from, I think, 1993 to 2007. Uh, congressman Pombo, welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Great to have you with us. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Great to be on. Great, thank you. Uh, let's let's jump right in here. Uh, several callers in, in the previous part of our uh, show today were concerned about the integrity of our voting system, and uh, not not so much whether it's legal or illegal. Obviously, a lot of things are legal that many of us feel we wish were illegal, but. It is what it is. How do you feel about the integrity, at least here in California, of the voting system itself? Uh, do, are we going to get a righteous vote on November 8th, do you think? Yeah, in California, I think we will. Um, I don't agree with a lot of the things that the Democrats and the state legislature changed uh, in order to make it easier for Democrats to win. But uh, as far as staying within the bounds of the current law, I, I think we'll have a, uh, a righteous election. The, the problem I have is when they legalize ballot harvesting and sending out a, a ballot to everybody that's on the list and, and stuff like that, it, it really calls into question you know who they're who they're trying to uh, to benefit uh, by all the changes that they made, and that's my that's my biggest concern. I mean, in most states, it's illegal to do the things that the Democrat legislature uh, legalized in California. 
Do you think we'll ever see a time when some of that can be overturned, at least here in California? I think it, it, some of it, yes. Uh, I think that through the federal courts um, that you can challenge some of the things that, that they did. Uh, and if, you know, by chance we ever actually get a, a Republican governor in the state of California, much of it can be overturned. But, you know, when it comes to stuff like ballot harvesting, where they allow paid operatives to go out and collect ballots from people who have not turned them in and, and so-called help them uh, to cast their vote. Uh, there was a congressional election in North Carolina a couple of years ago that was overturned and thrown out because they were ballot harvesting. Um, so, you know, the, the rules vary dramatically by state and, I think that if you look at past uh, studies that were done and, and commissions that were formed, um, they've pointed out the how dangerous it is to do the um, the mass uh, e or the mass mailings of ballots to everybody that's registered. Um, I know my uh, I know people who have been passed away for for years. Um, that got ballots. And, you know, that's the case throughout the state of California. So there are a lot of things that, that justify people being concerned about the way elections are handled in, in the state of California right now. But it's going to take something other than super majorities in the state legislature and, and Democrats in all statewide offices in order to, to overchange that. Yeah, and I think as, as we look around the country, uh, Congressman Pombo, that, well, there was just this uh, note today I saw, I think it was in the Patriot, Patriot Post, that in, uh, in Colorado, uh, the, the uh, Secretary of State accidentally sent out 30,000 uh, postcards uh, encouraging people to register to vote while they were sent to non-citizens who can't yeah. register. I mean, this it, and you. They say, well, it was it was a mistake. Well, that may well be, but ought not we to have something uh, in place that would that would check that that would prevent these types of things from happening? Yeah, we we really should, and and one of the main things that we could do. Uh, especially in a state like California, is clean up the voter rolls, mm. remove people who haven't voted in, you know, several elections, remove people that um, that we know uh, have passed away, um, remove people that we know have moved. Uh, that is actually in state law that the, your local registrar has to do that, and it's not being done. All the more reason uh, to be very present in local government to uh, make our make our voices known. Congressman Richard Pombo, our guest, we had uh, on the program earlier this week, sir, uh, Senator State Senator Brian Dolly, and uh, giving him the opportunity to make his case for people to vote for him as he uh, takes on the monumental task of running against Governor Gavin Newsom. Uh, for the governor of California. 
One of the things that many of us were struggling with, especially in advance of the of the uh, conversation we had with him, is it appears to us a lot of people outside Northern California don't know who Brian Dolly is, and we're wondering is is the state Republican Party concerned about this? Uh, is is Brian Dolly doing the best that he can to be known across the state? Are are we are we boxing with shadows here, Congressman, or or are, is there a point to what we're thinking here? I well, I think the state senator's doing doing what he can with with limited resources. I, I question some of the decisions that are being made. Um, in terms of trying to raise his profile, um, I think that the state party is really um, making a mistake or has fallen into um, a situation where they are not helping him the way that they should. Um, you know, people across the state of California are are donating millions and millions of dollars to to political campaigns but a lot of them unfortunately have decided that their money's better spent outside the state and helping other candidates than it is uh being spent with within the state of california and that puts somebody like senator dolly in the position where he can't raise enough money to raise his profile within the state and I think, you know, I tend to, to blame the state Republican Party for falling down and and not being able to do enough uh, to make that happen. And, and it's not just Senator Dolly's campaign for governor. It's every uh, statewide Republican candidate right now. And, you know, I believe that there are some races where we legitimately have uh, a chance to to win the race and and nothing's being done uh, to make that happen. I mean, you have uh, somebody like Fiona Ma who has been plagued by scandals her entire political career, and nobody even knows who who her opponent is or is doing anything to to point out what a flawed candidate. She is, and and she'll probably end up getting two thirds of the vote in California, which is which is horrible. I'm looking at dollars. You mentioned uh, campaign funding, and the latest uh, figures I have are from the uh, L.A. Times uh, from a couple of days, two days ago, I think. Uh, the campaign for Gavin Newsom has raised twenty one point two million. Uh, the contributions to Brian Dolly, $2.2 million. That's a rather stark difference there. And yeah. uh, the, the other uh, interesting statistic, they're, they're saying that uh, the Governor Newsom received 15% of his contributions from out of state, much of it coming from Texas and the East Coast. Uh, what, what's your assessment of this? Where uh, Are there funds that uh, the challengers to Governor Newsom and, and to some of the, uh, the Democrats in Sacramento, are, are there funds they're missing, or is it just the way it is? We just don't have that kind of support. 
Well, we have that kind of support, but that money's being spent being spent elsewhere. Mm. Donors are choosing to to send the money to out-of-state candidates instead of supporting in-state candidates in in the state of California, and and that's one of the problems that that we're running into as far as running uh, statewide campaigns. And I think a lot of people have given up on on trying to run statewide campaigns in in the state of California and it's going to perpet, perpetuate the the problem that we have. I mean speaking of flawed candidates, you have somebody like Governor Newsom who has been a, a, an outright disaster of a governor. I mean no matter what uh no matter what issues you want to look at his time over the last almost four years as being governor has been a disaster. I mean, we're, when you look at things that affect real people every day, uh, we are worse off than any other state in the entire country, and yet he's going to cruise to, to re-election. You know, we're paying more than, than $2 a gallon more for gas than any other state. <coughs> and that's that's a, a a a complete impact on every family across the state of California, and yet we can't mount a campaign against somebody that is this flawed and this bad. I mean, that's that's outright that's outright a disgrace. I think uh, messaging is so important, and I'm not sure. And again, I, and my personal belief, Congressman, is that at this point in time, both in California and across the nation, we have risen above partisan politics. To me, it's no longer about being a Republican or a Democrat. It's about having common sense and looking at what's true and uh, that word uh, seems not to be getting out. We're uh, we're speaking with Congressman Richard Pombo. We'll be back. And your phone calls, by the way, you're welcome to call and ask the congressman a question as well. Our number, 209-551-3483. We'll be back with Congressman Richard Pombo in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And let's get back to the issues that face you and me directly here in California's Central Valley, here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On the phone with us, Congressman Richard Pombo. We've been talking about messaging. And let, let me just ask, because of your vast experience, uh, in in Congress and and having gone through elections, does it just come down to dollars? I, I'm thinking in a, in a local election. I just talked to someone running for a school board. Uh, they're out there knocking on doors, giving out flyers. That doesn't necessarily work well if you're running for governor because of the territory involved. How do you handle that? How do you handle getting the word out if you don't have the dollars for uh, the television and radio coverage uh, needed to get your message out? Well, you're right to a degree that that money makes a huge difference. And you need to have a a minimum amount of of dollars to be able to, to get your name out there and get your message out there. 
and and have people know who you are and and build on on your name ID so that people recognize you but but also part of it is is personality it's it's the ability to to stand out and get people to uh to know who you are <clears throat> i mean when i when i first ran my very first election I was outspent in the primary. I was outspent in the in the general election, but I think I had a message that that people related to, and and that, I think that made the difference in in the race. And you know, the my average contribution in my first race was less than twenty dollars, and uh, per person and. You know, it's not just money. It's also a message, and it's also personality and and the ability to to get out and and outwork your opponent. So while money is important, it's not it, it's not the only answer. It's not the only way to to get elected. So a lot of factors uh, factor in, so to speak, uh, to that equation. And, and just very briefly, being an incumbent seems like that's normally a major advantage. Would you agree with that? Uh, un- unquestionably, it, it does make a difference. And, and part of that is people know who you are. They, uh, the name ID is much higher and and you have certain advantages by by being an incumbent that that a challenger doesn't have absolutely by the way uh congressman uh, may we hold over with you past the top of the hour a little bit or do you need to run sure no that's Great. fine okay uh have some questions for you uh, in a little bit about what's happening down in los angeles and uh, with the council down there that seems very interesting and i did <laughs> we're looking forward to your comments on that in uh, in just a little bit uh let, let's talk about though the issues that we're facing here in the central valley and do do they generally get a lot of attention in congress or are we sometimes ignored here it seems like sometimes we're ignored uh, you having been there how do what's your read on that yeah the the central valley in california is is definitely ignored um it doesn't carry the the same political weight as as other parts of the state and it's one of the reasons why in in the central valley you tend to have the, your representatives work together regardless of, of party on issues. Um, I know that uh, in my experience, uh, you tended to see uh, all of the, the members who represented the Central Valley and, and quite frankly the mountains as well work together on issues um, regardless of party. Uh, you don't have the the population centers and and the numbers that you have in in Southern California or or in the Bay Area that carries a lot more uh, political weight uh, than what you get out of the the Central Valley. I used to tell people when 
Congressman, I'm going to have to interrupt you here just for a second. We'll be back with Congressman Richard Pombo in five minutes. We'll be talking about the elections coming up and what's going on down in L.A. to try to learn something from that. All that coming up in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360, KFIV. The show you love, talking about the issues that are important to you. The Voice of the Valley, The Mike Douglas Show. Now, every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to our number two of The Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation and a privilege today to have with us Congressman Richard Pombo, uh, representing California's 11th District from 1993 to 2007. And uh, Mr. Pombo is always a, a wealth of wisdom and experience when it comes to politics and assessing what's going on. By the way, if you have a question for the congressman yourself, our phone number 209 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Uh, Congressman Pombo, we've been watching at a distance, but with some interest, what's happening with the L.A. City Council and, of course, the the president of the council, Councilwoman Nuri Martinez, uh, a conversation apparently that uh, she had also had with uh, Kevin DeLeon and Gil uh, Sadia was apparently recorded and then leaked out. And my information is today she has not only stepped down as uh, president of the uh, L.A. City Council, but she is also resigning as a councilwoman as well. What's your? It, it just seems odd to me, the, the timing of this release. And do, do you have any insights to what's going on down there? Well, I think it's it's interesting that when you look at the L.A. County and the, the city council in Los Angeles is that you know, this is a heavily Democrat-dominated uh, area, and all of the all of the members of the city council are Democrat, with the exception of of one independent. And what led to all of this was a dispute on on redistricting where there was an argument or a debate that that came down to whether or not redistricting would uh, benefit the Hispanic members of the city council or the uh, African-American members of the city council and there was a big fight between them all and the the video or the audio recording that that was released was three of the members of the city council, Hispanic members of the city council, um, talking about redistricting, and that's when the the racist comments came out and and what has been released in the media. Um, no Republicans were were involved with any of this. And what you see happening is a fight between different factions of the Democrat Party um, because they are dominant not only in in the state of California, but especially uh, within L.A. County and Los Angeles. And that's what 
what has become public, and I think that it's a a view into what is behind a lot of the disputes that that are happening statewide with the Democrat Party, where they dominate everything, and and what we're seeing is those intramural fights between different factions of of the Democrat Party, and and that's. That's what spilled its way onto initially the pages of the Los Angeles Times earlier this week. So uh, maybe the issue is is uh, the debate over redistricting, and this was a way to deal with the opposition, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what happens, but I think it's kind of a raw nerve uh, within the Democrat Party that you never hear the media talk about or you, you never hear any comments about it. But there really is a war going on within the Democrat Party between these different factions that that make up the base of, of the Democrat Party. I mean, you've seen a little bit more uh, at the national level in terms of the far left and the left fighting each other. But underlying all of that is the fights that are occurring between uh, different uh, racial factions within, within the Democrat Party. And while they're going through all of this and, and all these fights are going on within the, the Democrat Party, what they're missing, and, and quite frankly what the media is missing, is that they're losing Latinos and and African Americans who are leaving the party, uh, some of whom are either registering independent or or going moving over to the Republican Party and and supporting uh, members that are more conservative or or reflect their their values, their family values much more than than what has happened within. The Democrat Party, and I know that the the media doesn't want to talk about that, and they don't want to to highlight that, but it's obviously happening, and and we are seeing it in congressional races and Senate races across the country during this election cycle. Our guest, Congressman Richard Pombo, always appreciate your comments and uh, and your insights. I, I'm thinking as you're talking about those dynamics. Uh, Mr. Pombo, that yesterday we we talked about and we played Tulsi Gabbard's uh, video uh, plea uh, explaining why she's leaving the Democratic Party and then uh, inviting other Democrats to do so as well. And again, my impression is a lot of this is now uh, rising above partisan politics and it's becoming... it, it seems to me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe shed some light on this, that, that we used to be able to have uh, conversations across the aisle and our objectives were the same, but now it seems like in today's Democratic Party it's really been hijacked and we, we can't even agree on what the ultimate objectives are, much less how to get there. Yeah, no, that that's happening, and I, I think that, you know, in years past, you had uh, members of, of Congress or, or elected officials that, you know, generally wanted to do what was best 
for the country or best for the state. And we're, you know, even though there may be differences on on how to get there, or, you know, general philosophy or ideology, uh, they really did want to do what was best for the country. And I think that in more recent years, we've lost a lot of that, and it's more based on on ideology and and you know government systems like socialism, and we've lost the ability to to reach across the aisle and say, look, we, we both want the same thing. We both want is best for the American people or for the, the country. How do we get there? How do we make that happen? And I know in my experience when, when I was chairman of, of a committee, uh, my first question to people when, uh, you know, Democrats, when I would sit down with them and say, you know, what do you really want? What do you want to accomplish? And can we fit that uh, in this legislation? How do we get there? And it, it ne- was not necessarily that I agreed with them on a lot of things as far as ideology, but if I knew what they really wanted, and what they wanted to accomplish, I could at least sit down and figure out, is there a way that I can do that and meet them halfway in order to make that happen? Very, very good illustration there. Appreciate that. Uh, Congressman Richard Pombo, our guest, our phone number 209-551-3483. And Congressman Joan from Modesto has a question for you. Joan, it's all yours. Yes, uh, Congressman, I was wondering if you have an opinion about Democrat turnout in this statewide election, given your description uh, that I agree with, that the Democrats so dominate the statewide offices that there's really no reason for Democrats to turn out. Yeah, and I tend to to agree with that, and I know that that most uh, models, uh, polling and and election models don't take this into account. But I I believe that what we're going to see in in a few weeks here on November eighth is I think you're going to see more of a a suppressed vote in California on the Democrat side because. Um, most uh, most people agree that the statewide races are um, heavily favored toward the Democrats, and there's not a lot of, of uh, motivation on the part of of those on the left to to turn out to vote in the state of California. And I think you're going to see some of that across the country because of Joe Biden's uh, unpopularity and the and how unpopular the the congressional races the uh, the Democrats are uh, nationally because of they control everything and really have accomplished nothing over the last couple of years and and I think that's going to, to have an impact on on the upcoming election and and in all fairness I'll say that it's it's kind of similar to what happened in 2018 when you had a suppressed vote on the Republican side because the Republicans controlled Congress and the presidency and, and didn't accomplish a heck of a lot. 
and and people didn't turn out to vote. And and wouldn't that benefit? Wouldn't this scenario uh, increase uh, the Dem- the Republican turnout and maybe uh, uh, cause a greater red wave than uh, the polls are showing? Yeah, and and where it will have an impact, the greatest impact it will have is on some of your congressional races. Uh, throughout the state and some of your state legislative races, I think it will have a, an impact on those races. So some of them that they they think are going to be a close uh, races in terms of Congress and the led, state legislature, uh, I think are are going to favor um, the Republican candidates in in those districts. Joan, thanks for your calls and your questions. We'll continue our conversation with Congressman Richard Pombo in three minutes. Our phone number, 209-551-3483. We'll be back with a congressman again in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our guest is Congressman Richard Pombo, and we're taking your calls here as we have a few more minutes with the congressman. Our number 209-551-3483. Congressman Leo from Nadesto has a question for you. Leo, it's all yours. Well, thank you much. Pleasure to talk to the Honorable Congressman Pombo. Um was my observation when Denham lost to Harder that Denham had the lead and then they just kept counting votes for weeks and weeks afterwards until Denham lost and Harder won. And I felt pretty bad about that. Has anything changed in California for how the election's going to go this time around as far as what the voting process is? Is it going to be more fair? I don't know. I don't know if anything has substantially changed uh, what happened in that particular election across the state was they they had all of the mail-in ballots that that came in and we had a, a number of uh, Republican candidates across the state that were uh, winning on the day after the election and they kept counting the the mail-in ballots until until uh, the Democrat candidate uh, went ahead. Um, and as long as we have this uh, vast uh, mail-in balloting, things things probably are not going to change. It, it they may get better at counting the ballots faster, but uh, I think that. Just the fact that you have these mail-in ballots and you don't uh, have clean voting rolls, uh, it's subject to fraud. There's no, there's no question that that's not, not part of it, and and the state legislature put that put that in place for there a reason that they thought it would benefit the Democrats. I believe effectively that's what's happening for sure. I'm disenfranchised. 
Leo, well, thanks. Thanks so much for your call. I uh, Congressman, your go ahead. Disenfranchised and, and I get that, and it's real. But at the same time, you can't give up. You, you need to vote. You need to get your, your friends, your family, people you know to, to turn out and vote, because that's right now our, our best way of overcoming that. Congressman, I couldn't agree with you more. I think one of the the tactics uh, is to discourage, uh, to intimidate, and to uh, try to cause uh, us uh, to crawl up in the fetal position and say there's no hope. I agree with you 100%. We need to keep engaged, and we need to keep voting. I think this this aspect of of the attack in terms of trying to intimidate, to shame, etc., is all designed to discourage folks from voting, and that really is is our basic building block of being able to chart our future. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and uh, you know, I I will say it. Again, you got to be able to get out and vote. Last uh, last question for you, Congressman Richard Pombo, and your experience, because I know a lot of people are feeling, I'm just not being heard. I, my voice is not being heard. What is the best way to get the attention of your elected official, either in the state uh, hallowed halls or in the hallowed halls of Washington, D.C.? What, what really is the best way to get their attention and to be heard? Show up at, at their town hall meetings, uh, email them, uh, call their offices and, and voice your opinion. Uh, but it, it's being engaged. It's, you know, if, if your local congressman or member of the state legislature is having a town hall meeting or a, a public forum of some kind, show up and, and ask your questions and have your, uh, have your voice be heard. Uh, call their offices when there's a big vote coming up uh, in in the state assembly or or Congress, and let them know what you think. But it's being engaged uh, that makes the biggest difference because that is something. Regardless of what people think, if constituents are contacting them on an issue, they will pay attention. Absolutely. Uh, our guest has been Congressman Richard Pombo. And, and uh, sir, we always appreciate your presence and your perspectives on election nights. And we'll look forward to that again. Thank you so much for lending your voice uh, to the show today. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see what happens in 27 days, right? <laughs> well, I look forward to, to being part of the election coverage and hope to talk to you before that. All right. Uh, Thank you so much. Again, our guest has been uh, Congressman Richard Pombo. Uh, Part of our election coverage, and by the way, on Tuesday night, November 8, we'll have the Mike Douglas Show uh, as usual from 3 to 5 p.m. And then we'll be back with uh, election coverage from 7 to 9 p.m. that particular night. Uh, So we'll be looking at the results as they begin to come in as the California polls close. All right, more of the Mike Douglas Show coming up in five minutes right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. 
The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Hey, just a reminder, my friends, if you're listening on the iHeartRadio app, do you you use that? I use that all the time, almost, almost every day. Uh, Usually not on Sunday. As a pastor, I'm a little bit busy on Sundays, but most other days as I'm traveling, as I'm going shopping, whatever it might be, uh, if I'm not at the computer actively working, I'm often listening uh, to the iHeart app. Now there's a new function on there. If you're not aware of it, we'd love to have you take advantage of it. It's called the TalkBack Mic, the TalkBack Mic. If you're listening on the iHeart app, you notice a little uh, microphone there uh, towards the uh, top of the uh, of the app if you click on that microphone just follow the instructions and you can leave us uh, leave us a voice message you can react to what you hear going on and if you have a, a brilliant sizzling comment as many of you often do we may even play it on the air again uh, so feel free to take advantage of the talkback mic that's if you're listening on the iheart radio app encourage you to take a uh, advantage of that and uh, just a program note coming up this friday it'll be a best of uh, program on the mike douglas show and that's because i have the privilege uh, once again this year of providing a, a message of of comfort and honor at the annual angel baby candlelight service at lakewood memorial park that's coming up this friday at 4 30 in its Riverside Chapel. It's a wonderful time to honor folks who have had babies who have died, uh, not just recently, but in the past as well. And it's, uh, it's really a wonderful time to be able to provide comfort to them, but also honor their babies as well. And that's why we call it the Angel Baby Candlelight Service. If you have had uh, the death of uh, an infant, of a baby in your family or extended family. You're invited to attend. You'd be invited to attend anyway. That's uh, this Friday at 4.30 at the Riverside Chapel at Lakewood Memorial Park, 900 um, Santa Fe uh, Road in uh, in Houston. If you have any uh, questions about that, you can contact Lakewood Memorial Park Talk to my good friend Noemi there, uh, 209-883-0411, 209-883-0411. Again, uh, that's where I will be this Friday afternoon, and so we'll have a best of on the Mike Douglas Show coming up this Friday. So have you uh, been following AB 2098? I'm sure you have. I'm sure you've heard about it. Well, if, if not, th- th- this will jog your memory, I'm sure. Uh, Governor Newsom signed this bill into law uh, pretty much at the, at the 11th hour, so to speak, on uh, September 30th, just before the October 1 uh, deadline. Anyway, what uh, Assembly Bill 2098 does is it really refric- uh, refricks, restricts I need some more coffee. I've got to fill up my mug here. It restricts free speech by medical professionals. So doctors under this new law that Governor Newsom signed, AB 2098, 
Doctors will be subject to disciplinary action by the Medical Board of California and the Osteopathic Medical Board of California if they don't adhere to the quote-unquote approved COVID treatment consensus dictated by the state of California. You got to say, well, Mike, you've got to be kidding. No, I am not. That is now a law. It has been signed into law by Governor Newsom. And again, this is one of uh, one of the reasons I feel that this is no longer about party politics. This is no longer about Republicans and Democrats. It's about Sacramento actually doing things that are unconstitutional. Now, what? How are doctors reacting to this? Well, let's hear from one, uh, Doctor Human. Hamati appeared on Fox in the wee hours this morning. Uh, he was being interviewed by uh, Carly Shimkus uh, for his reaction to Governor Newsom signing AB 2098 into law. Uh, Dr. Hamati is a medical doctor and a Ph.D. research scientist as well. So not only is he quite knowledgeable about the medical field, being in it, but uh, he, he also is someone who's going to be censored by this particular bill. So he talked about the profound and and really possible chilling effects that this bill that's now law will have upon doctors' abilities to communicate openly with you and me as their patients. Let's say you're asking, all right, doctor, what's the real deal with the vaccines? Your doctor, my doctor, is no longer free to give their real opinion. Here's Dr. Hamadi. It's really a tragedy that Governor Newsom signed uh, AB 2098 into law at a time when he was actually vetoing quite a few bills. Many of us were optimistic that common sense would prevail and that he would uh, veto this over the fact that it's unconstitutional, unethical, and in every way, shape, and form inappropriate. But nonetheless, he signed it, and he did so late on a Friday night. Now that this has happened, we know already what the impact is. I've heard several stories of physicians who refuse to discuss COVID with their patients. For an example, there's one surgeon I know who was about to perform a surgery, a very delicate surgery on a patient that would potentially be impacted by inflammation. And the patient asked the doctor, should I have the vaccine or the booster, should I not? And the surgeon said, I can't tell you what I feel. And sent a link to the text of the bill to the patient and said, just read this and you'll understand why. Go do your own research. That's one of many different examples, and this is going to become even worse over time. Does that send a shiver up your spine? It does me. It's the state of California bypassing the Constitution of the United States of America and not allowing our doctors to tell us what they really feel. And that's why I believe that this whole election coming up in 27 days has has levitated quite above political lines. This is now about saving California from totalitarianism, in my opinion. And, of course, the question is, now we've asked this and talked about this today, will will that election in 27 days, will it be a righteous election or not? It may be legal. The question is, is, is it a righteous one? 
Our number here, 209-551-3483. We'll hear from uh, Dr. Hamedi in just a couple of moments. Uh, two more comments he had. First, let's go back to the phones and hear from Frank from Oakdale about election fraud. Hi, Frank. What are your thoughts today? Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I hear a lot about election fraud, but um, not that much about the conservatives that don't go out and vote. I know Mr. Dolly, Senator Dolly mentioned they estimate in the recall two to two and a half million conservatives didn't go out and vote. Obviously that hurt, but what I vividly recall about the Georgia November election, there was a lot of evidence that there was voter fraud. And then I heard a lot of say, well, I'm disenfranchised, so I'm not going to vote at all. So the net result was that the two Democrats won both of those seats by a narrow margin. If the, all the conservatives who said, well, I'm, I'm not going to vote because of voter fraud, if they all would have voted, the Republicans would have won. So it's just Frank, we're, we're losing your, uh, your cell phone signal there. Uh, let me put you on hold for a moment. Maybe you can get in a better spot. Uh, I agree with you 100%, Frank, and I'm glad you brought that up. Be, I, I think part of the assault on common sense is to try to discourage voters from showing up. The mountain is too tall. The challenge is too much. Um, I, I'm disenfranchised. I'm not going to vote. That plays into it. We must show up and do what we can to at least cast our vote. That may be the last voice we have in this whole process. And I, I encourage, I implore, I might even beg you to please vote in 27 days. Frank, let me come back to you, see if your cell phone is a little better there, and, and uh, you can conclude your thought. Yeah, a lot of these races are very close, and so if all the conservatives went out and voted, it would overwhelm the fraud. So you know, I, I agree with your statement. I would encourage everybody to get out and vote and don't give up them. Absolutely. Get out and vote. Let your voice be heard. Frank couldn't say it better myself. Uh, and, and friends, uh, again, I, th- to me, this is not about being a Republican or a Democrat or a representative from the planet Zarkon. Doesn't matter. We need to make sure our voices are heard. If we don't vote, we're playing into the hands of those who are trying to subvert the Constitution of the United States of America and the voting process itself. Intimidation and discouragement are great and effective weapons that work. How do we battle against that? We simply show up and vote. All right, more, uh, more from me and from you. As the phone number is wide open for your calls, 209-551-3483. As the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We've been talking about 
Again, the hallowed halls of California and uh, the governor of California signing into law, in my opinion, a very chilling piece of legislation that basically says that our medical professionals are no longer free to talk honestly with us about what they believe about the vaccine, for example. In fact, if they don't mimic, if they don't parrot the narrative that is dictated by Sacramento, Sacramento can yank their license. Is this the kind of society you want to live in? Well, we vote in 27 days. Here's, uh, again, Dr. Human Hamadi uh, talking to Fox uh, News earlier this morning, and he, he pointed out that what was thought to be true nine months to a year ago is known not to be true today. So science necessarily changes with new discoveries. It's something like COVID, which is something that's still relatively new uh, in the scientific realm. We have things changing on a day-to-day basis. And what was misinformation yesterday is fact today when they said taking the vaccine prevents you from ever getting COVID, prevents you from ever spreading COVID. We know that that is no longer the case. But if you had said that, just a year ago, even nine months or so ago, you'd be censored, you'd be deplatformed. And today, if you're a physician, had you said it back then, you would have lost your medical license, lost your entire livelihood and your ability to see patients. That puts a huge fear into physicians, and it actually really violates the sacred physician-patient trust. All right, so are we living in the old Soviet Union? Are we living in Venezuela what in the world is going on? Well, you can hold the super majority in Sacramento responsible for this, and you can hold personally Governor Gavin Newsom responsible for this. Dr. Hamadi, again, he is a medical doctor in California, also a PhD research scientist. He was asked if the bill is even necessary. Here's his response. This is ridiculous. In fact, when you think about it, uh, COVID-19, as far as we know, is now largely a thing of the past. Obviously, there are people still becoming infected and dying from it, but we're not in the midst of the acute pandemic. If you read the text of the bill, it actually quotes its source for believing that physicians are a primary source of misinformation. And you know what their source is? The media. So now they're actually citing the mainstream media and saying, oh, according to the media, doctors are the biggest culprits of this so-called misinformation. And when that misinformation is decided by uh, by the by, the medical board, which is run by a litigation uh, lawyer, not by physicians alone. Uh, you have to really wonder where, who's deciding this, and is there even a list of what's misinformation and what's not? In exactly. fact, there is not. I I just uh, I, I I feel like we're living in an alternative in universe. I feel like we've been transported somewhere that doesn't look anything like the United States of America. When the state of California can dictate to doctors what they say in a private, and and it's almost a <clears throat> the, the sanctity of the conversation between a doctor and his or her patient. And to me, it's the same type of uh, sacred privilege, so to speak, that you have between your lawyer and yourself. 
uh, it's it's our decision to decide if the doctor is is incorrect. Well, fine, go to someone else. But to me, the doctor ought to have the freedom to say what he or she believes. Let's go to the phones very quickly. We got a minute or two left. Kevin from Modesto, what are your thoughts today, Kevin? Yeah, my parents at work. I just tuned in, so I haven't heard the show, but I did hear this. Uh, I am absolutely in shock. <laughs> in shock. Uh, you know, California is the home of the University of California, uh, which at one time was regarded as one of the greatest universities in the in the world. And the reason for that was because of the freedom to search for knowledge and truth and do research and the academic freedom, and this is suppressing that. This is suppressing academic freedom, and and it's it's going to uh, really really put us behind. It's just not right to do this. Kevin, I do, do you feel like we're we we've been transported somewhere that is so foreign we can't even understand how to operate in it? I I just feel like at a, we're at a loss to understand what's happening. Yes. I I just don't I, I we we've got to I think it's this generation <laughs> this the generation of people in a certain age group uh I'd say the mid 40s to the late 40s to the mid 50s those people who are in power right now they think that they're invincible and they think mm. that everything they say is perfect, and that therefore, um, you know, they're going to make sure that whatever they ever decrees they make are cast in stone because no one else is, you know, no one else could ever be right. Uh, they're the only ones who are right. Well put, Kevin. I've got to run. Uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Mike Douglas Show, 3 to 5 p.m., Power Talk 1360, KFIV. Well put, Kevin. Thank you.